Welcome to another episode of Playing Injured. I'm sitting here with a speaker, a coach, and a best-selling author of Waking Up, A Guide for Transformation, Mike Gallagher. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yes, I appreciate you coming on. So um, obviously, uh, you talk a lot about transformation and different things like that. Would love to hear and for you to tell the folks how you spend your time today. And um, who you who would you say Mike Gallagher is today? <laughs> That's a Barbara Walters question. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a tree, what sort of a tree would you be? Um, so today, you know, my life is like most other people's in that I have a family, I have a career. Uh, it's all it's often very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as who I am, um, I, I think more than anything. I, I strive to be just a compassionate person. Right. I, I would hope that that is how other people would describe me as well. Wow. That's I a pretty that. simple answer, but at the same time, it's always simple in practice. Simple is always the best answer instead of being super complex. So I love it. So tell me this, right? So we're going into a new year, 2021, and people have been in isolation for maybe nine months or so. And it, for some people, especially I know for me, it probably won't be changing anytime soon. And so uh, I think a lot of people have felt lonely in this time. And so what that kind of leads to is for me, I would say in my experience with other people is bad habits get developed. Um, You probably go and and, and engage in relationships that may not be best for you. Um, So I guess getting it right from the beginning, how would you say, um, you know, you would combat loneliness during this time? Yeah, that is a great question, especially right now, because I, I, I think it's something we don't talk about nearly enough. Right. You know, it's uh, it, in our culture, especially, we're just expected to suck it up. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you have feelings that are considered, and I'm doing air quotes if you can't see me, <laughs> they're considered, you know, negative emotions, uh, you don't talk about them, right? right. And there, we've not in our lifetimes, we haven't lived through a time like this where it's, you know, we're isolated at home. If, if we're lucky enough to have families with us, uh, we're with them, but that's about it for our social circle. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think the, the, the biggest uh, tool to overcome or to, you know, to work through those things is to try to get outside of myself. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, um, getting involved in helping someone else in whatever capacity you can, um, you know, volunteer work, uh, whether it's, you know, you have older people in your family that you can just pick up the phone two or three times a week and make their life better by, you know, talking to them for a half an hour, just doing something. Compassion is relatively simple. Um, yep. There's a story in my book. If you don't, uh, if you'll just kind of bear with me, I'll tell it really quick. Please tell um, it. I, um, my youngest daughter is six now. She was five at the time that this happened. And we were talking about compassion, she and I, before school one day. She was in kindergarten. And my um, description to her and the definition that I use for compassion is it's feeling bad when someone else is hurting or has been hurt. And then it's followed up by an action of helping them. Wow. So it's a feeling and an action. Um, And so we were talking about ways that she could watch at school that day, you know, to show compassion to other kids. Mm -hmm. And so I I was waiting for her when she got home that same day and uh, she came in the door, excuse me. And I asked her, 
almost right away. I said, how did it go today? Did you find any times when you could do that? And she just lit up. I mean, this little five-year-old's, you know, beautiful face just lit up and she came run, running across the room to me. And she said, today, when I was in the lunch line, a little boy fell down and I felt really bad for him. And I, I waited, I didn't respond to her because I wanted to see if she understood the action part of it too. Right. Right. And she said, and then I went over and I helped him up and I gave him a hug. Wow. And that to me, it, it made a couple of things really clear. Well, first, it's really a, a proud parenting moment. But mm -hmm. um, second, it, it's simple to be compassionate, to get outside of ourselves. And the second thing is we see chances to do it all the time. They're all around us. So I think when to, that's kind of a long answer for you. But when you talk about combating loneliness, um, it, it takes getting outside of ourselves, helping other people. Right. A hundred percent. I've heard that before is when you feel down, if you take your eyes off yourself and help somebody else, it will definitely make you feel better. And that's why helping people um, is one of the best things ever that we can do. Uh, and compassion. That's the first time I've ever heard compassion um, kind of dissected that way. So for me, I know I'm going to take that and I know our listeners would definitely take that a feeling then an action. So feeling their pain, but also to have an action to make them feel better. I love that. I love that. So tell me this, you have studied transformation most of your life, right? You have quite the transformational story yourself, but I would love to hear what makes change uh, and transformation so difficult. Uh, obviously, some people have small changes that they need to make. It doesn't have to be a super uh, uh, rock bottom story where you have to make this change. Uh, it can be, hey, you just want to be a better person. You want to be a healthy person. What makes change uh, so difficult? Um, I think at the root of a lot of change or transformation, the biggest difficulty is ego. Mm. We can't, we don't see it for what it is. We're, we're really tied into our own belief systems. Right. And we can't step back and, and question those very easily. And um, oftentimes that's, that's the biggest part of it is our own ego, trying to get out of the way of our own ego or, you know, stop living in that uh, frame. Uh, because when we can do that, you know, I, I write about in the book, um, really for me, transformation, it took uh, the very first step was courage. It, I, I had to have some amount of courage. You know, fear holds all of us back. Yes. And then I had to question my own belief system. Wow. And then I had to really start looking at my values and realigning my values and working on those. And then the two things, the two qualities I think that have led to the most change for me were uh, trying to live in gratitude, which nobody's perfect and I certainly don't do it 100% mm -hmm. of the time, but I work on it living in gratitude and living with compassion. And then the very last thing that kind of tied all that together for me was uh, picking up and using a meditation practice. Wow. So first off, starting with the, the inner self of, hey, um, here are my values, and this is how I need to live on an everyday basis to kind of align with those values. Um, and then you mentioned about uh, kind of just looking at yourself and uh, the ego part, how, I guess, how do you know if you have an ego, right? And what does that look like for most people? Well, we all have an ego, right? <laughs> so we, we automatically know that we have an ego. 
Um, it, it's uh, living in that space is uh, it's difficult. You know, you see signs of it every day. It's when, uh, for me, my, my thought process around that is it's when I'm viewing the world and everything that's going on around me from just my own perspective, instead wow. of thinking, and this really ties back in well to your question about loneliness. Yeah. The further we live away from ego, the less lonely we feel mm. because we are, we're connected to everyone else, whatever religious or wisdom tradition we follow, they all teach that we're connected to one another. Right. Yet living in, you know, the idea of ego, uh, and, and in that state, it disconnects us. Right. So I think it's a viewpoint uh, largely. Does I that answer that. your question? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I love the answer. So <clears throat> take us through, cause obviously we talk about transformation and you name those few things. Talk a little bit about, I guess your transformation and your story, uh, would love to start at how you grew up your childhood and what that looked like for you. Um, and then we can get, we can kind of go from there. Sure. Yeah. I'd be glad to tell it. And I tell this story very openly. There's some painful parts of it. You know, mm-hmm. people hear it and they're like, holy shit, I don't know <laughs> on this uh, podcast. Uh, Feel free. So, um, <laughs> so I, I was um, born and raised. My mother was uh, in a very high mind control group. She was one of Jehovah's witnesses. Mm-hmm. So with that religious teaching, uh, really a lot of mind control involved, what you can question, what you can think, how you act, um, your own values are placed, you know, as parents should teach children values, but these are above and beyond, you know, normalcy. And then on the opposite side of that coin, my father was an addict and uh, was in prison most of the time I was growing up. So I had these two different uh, systems that we dealt with in our life. One of my father and his criminal associates, and then my mother, who was completely to the opposite end of the spectrum. So as I grew up, um, I finally chose as a young adult that I didn't want anything to do with a cult-like religion because of what that was, you know, how that was, what it's like to live that way. Um, And I really followed my father's path. You know, I, I, and it it was my own choices. It was a lot of what I did myself, but um, I became an addict and an alcoholic uh, through, you know, my early early adult years. And, you know, really up for a long time, I was an addict and alcoholic. I used cocaine heavily. Um, and then eventually, uh, started, uh, smoking crack, which you know, a different form of cocaine, but, um, a terrible life. Right. I don't know if you know anyone that has ended up there, but it, all sure. chemicals really are the same. And it, you know, what they do to you as a person. And finally, um, through that, I, and I, I talk about it in the book quite a lot, but through that, I finally came to the realization that this is not what I want. This is not why I'm here. This is, this is not the best, you know, obviously the best self I can be. Right. Um, and I was in a drug treatment facility when um, I took up a meditation practice and it came to me just in a, you know, a thought really at first that, how connected we all are. And I call that moment for me waking up. That's why Mm. I titled the book the way I did. And from there, my life has changed dramatically, you know, as far as uh, happiness level, especially career, everything like that, that stuff kind of falls in place, but um, being a, a happier person, you know, being able to exist in my own skin. And it's a process. I would say anyone that has an interest, you know, if, if they have, 
folks in their lives that are dealing with addiction or alcoholism, um, take a look at the things that I write about in the book. Um, cause I can't get into them all here, but it's, uh, it's a method of just overcoming and transforming a life, especially in those circumstances, because belief systems really play such a big part in it as do, um, as does ego really like what we already talked about. Does that, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So talk about, I guess, what was your belief system before actually having that realization to change and how is, how was your belief system kind of changed and, and how did you change that belief system? Uh, yeah. So I think that really going into that final drug treatment and, you know, because of time, I can't get into, you know, that whole story, but, um, I walked into that, uh, place really as, uh, I would say an atheist, Mm. uh, and you know, I'm talking about spiritual belief here, but some belief about, you know, my place in the world, um, and because I had grown in even into early adulthood with uh, in a high mind control, a cult like environment, I moved to the other end of the spectrum from that. I didn't believe anything uh, because we were taught that um, the only true religion were Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. So from there, I went clear to the other end of the spectrum and decided, well, none of it must be true. Right. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah. yeah. Hard to, it's hard to explain what goes on in the mind of someone that's not thinking straight. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, really that moment though, uh, when I took up a meditation practice and I really felt and understood how connected we all are, I truly believe there's an energy that connects us. People call it God. They call it, you know, um, all manner of things. Um, whatever that is, whatever choice somebody, you know, whatever word someone chooses to use, I, I truly believe that now. And that was a beginning of a, a spiritual change in me that right. really was the path I followed. Um, and I, and I don't ever try to push, you need to believe the same thing as me when right. I'm talking to people that are working with transformation. Uh, because I think that that's the, that's the downfall to a lot of people that are you know, trying to help other people change. It, it has to be something internal. Internal. Yeah. 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 So uh, you mentioned happiness, right? How you've just became happy. First off, what, what do you think causes unhappiness? I think it's a lot of people who, who aren't happy. Right. And then um, what can people start to do today to make them more happy? Yeah. That um, for me, and it's a question I can ask, answer fairly easily for me. Unhappiness for me came uh, from two places. When I was living by other people's values. Wow. Or when I wasn't living in alignment or in congruency with the values that I had for myself. Mm -hmm. Those two things are what causes unhappiness. We all have pressures and stress and life or the light's going to stay on because we didn't get the bills paid, you know, stuff like that. But true unhappiness comes from not living in alignment with our own core values. That is, that is right on the head. I I love that. I love how easy 
you explain that because I think even on social media and, and uh, different things like that, you look at other people and what they've accomplished. And so you want to accomplish that and you, you hear other people's goals of what they want to do this year. And so you want to do the same thing. It's almost like you don't want to feel left behind or left out instead of kind of focusing and staying in your own lane um, and creating your own happiness. I love mm-hmm. that. So what can people start to do today to increase their happiness? I think it goes back to something we already talked about, Josh. It's um, getting outside of yourself. Mm. Our happiness goes up, you know, immensely by helping other people. When we're not living, you know, behind the veil of uh, just for myself. And we see things like that around us all the time. Um, Chances and other people helping other people. Uh, I think that brings a lot of contentment for people. I would also say um, as far as something structured that someone could start working on, um, just start taking a look at values. You know, what, what values am I? Um, there's a really cool uh, um, exercise. Yeah. Talk and, about and the exercise. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just in, it's not just in my book. I mean, it's one that you see all the, all the time about aligning values. And um, it, it, you start with a list of, you know, two or 300 different values. Right. And you take the time, you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to circle 25 or 30 of these, uh, of the ones that really I, I feel strongly about. They're, they are my core values. And you do that. And then the next step is you have to eliminate 10 of them. And you keep doing that step by step. And then you eliminate five more. And you keep doing that step by step until you get down to you know, three to five core values of your own that truly you feel strongly about, that are part of your you know, core self. And those may change over time, but they give you a real good idea as you look at those. And then you compare them on the other side to how you're living and acting, whether or not you're living in alignment with your own values. Wow. That is powerful. That is powerful. <clears throat> that is powerful. So with that being said, uh, first of all, transformation, waking up a guy for transformation, they can find that on Amazon, right? Yeah. Yep. And um, you can, you do uh, the search engine there doesn't find it as well as it probably should. Uh, I need to do some more advertising on Amazon, <laughs> but a really easy link. If you just go to waking up the book.com, you can read the first couple of chapters, I think free as well as there's a link there that'll take you right to the page on Amazon. And then you have a website too, Mike, where can people find you? Uh, would love to, you have a very nice website that I'm, I'm taking notes on for myself. Um, and then you also have uh, different social media handles that, that people can follow you at. Um, talk about that and where you prefer people to, to get in touch with you. Yeah. If you, um, I do some public speaking around the same subject. So if you go to michaelgallagherspeaks.com, okay. it's really, really simple. Um, and the, the book is easy to find there as well. Um, and it will take you to links on Amazon. Uh, so yeah, michaelgallagherspeaks.com. And you can link to all the social media stuff there too. I love it. Michael, you've so, so your messages are so simple yet so powerful. Um, and, and to be honest with you, some of the most simple kind of things that you explain uh, are very powerful that people can start to do today. Um, when you talk about compassion, uh, when you talk about ego values and how people can find that um, and, and not following other people's values and their goals and, and kind of staying in your lane and realizing who you are. Um, I really enjoy kind of your message and what you have to say. So I I really appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. I really liked being here. Thank you.